What's going on, gentlemen? My name is Keaton. Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. I am your host, and today I want to talk about what you believe. More specifically, knowing what you believe. And I want to open up with this quote. If you do hear me shuffling papers around, it's because I've got my notes. I've got like four pages of notes for you today. And when we're kicking off this podcast, we're at the very beginning, just a couple episodes in, and we're going to talk about something that I think is important. We're going to try to lay a foundation for what I believe is the most important part of becoming the man you want to be. And then as we move on, we're going to get a little bit more nuanced and stuff like that. I want to open up with this quote, though. This is from the book Team of Rivals. It's a wonderful biography about Abraham Lincoln and his cabinet during his presidency. Highly recommend that book. It's so good. It's one of my favorites. But there is this quote I came across. We have but a short life to live here, my dear friend. But let us make it long by noble deeds. You have great gifts of God, energy, enthusiasm, talent, utterance. And now a great cause demands you. Salmon P. Chase. Salmon P. Chase was a man on Lincoln's cabinet. And if you don't know much about Lincoln, he was elected president in 1860, but he wasn't the front runner for the Republican primary. Salmon P. Chase was one of them, along with two other gentlemen, and Lincoln ended up winning to the shock of everybody at the convention, and he decided that in order to best hold the country together at that time, it would be good to put these other men on his cabinet, which is why it's called Team of Rivals. They were all rivals at one point, and then they became a team. Salmon P. Chase wrote that in a letter to Abraham Lincoln. We have but a short life to live here, my dear friend, and but le- let us make it long by noble deeds. You have great gifts of God, and now a great cause demands them. Right now, the world is not short on great causes that demand your attention or my attention, but in order to participate in those with boldness and with courage, with strength, with steadfastness, you and I as men, we're going to have to know what we believe. We have to know what we believe. This is a theme and a quality that we're going to talk about frequently on this podcast. Like We're going to talk about it a lot. It'll pop up in many episodes, and it's vital to know what you and I believe and why we have those beliefs. Quick word on that. Somehow, how do I say this? Somehow belief has become opinion. It's disconnected from from a sense that we can know reality. Belief has become disconnected from reality. That's where we get phrases like my truth or, um, th- yeah, things like that. It's, it's belief has become opinion, but that's a lie. Belief is not opinion. Belief is tied to reality. It's tied to what is real. And today, with things like cancel culture, self-censorship because we're afraid to speak up, prevalent cowardice, we have to wonder, like, how did we get here? How did we get to a place where We have things like cancel culture where people are afraid to speak up, where we have large levels of cowardice among people in society, especially men. And I've got a theory. I think in general, it's because we don't know what we believe about reality anymore, especially men. And for whatever reason, most of the men I interact with have no idea what they believe about life, about family, about anything They're just sort of drifting and waiting for others to tell them what to think or what to do or what to believe. And that's a really destructive place to be. Somehow, 
what was what was prevalent belief for most of human history got deconstructed away or we just started doing the bare minimum to get by in life without really addressing the most important questions that have faced humanity since like forever more than ever in my short life remember i'm only 30 years old we're watching like masses of people get bulldozed by bullies online uh, in the streets we're seeing people succumb to crazy ideologies because too many of us don't know what we believe and so we stay silent. And this leads to widespread despondency. It leads to people losing their jobs. It leads to riots. It leads to civil disorder. It leads to families falling apart and things like this. That's what happens when we don't know what we believe because if we don't know what we believe, we can't have a backbone. We can't stand our ground. We can't stand up for what is good and right. Belief, and this is really, really important. I learned this from Dallas Willard. Belief guides and determines almost everything that you do, especially in big moments, big decisions, things that have a decisive impact on your future. So let's say you find yourself craving to cultural trends that are prevalent today. You're saying things that you you really believe now, but you didn't believe like a year ago. You've got caught in the cultural trends that are prevalent. They're, they're here today. They're gone tomorrow. It's probably because you don't know what you believe about anything. Just to be honest. And oh, by the way, as a short note, I'm I kind I'm kind of blunt. I just kind of say say things as I see them. Um, I'm not trying to be offensive on purpose. I just I've just always talked that way. I apologize. <clears throat> if you're carried about by every wind of human doctrine or every human cunning, and you're not anchored in your beliefs, you're not going to be able to stand your ground. The only way you can stand your ground with confidence on big issues is to know what you believe and why you believe it. That's the only way. No more cowardice. We got to know what we believe. The only way you're going to be able to make good decisions with your family is if you know what you believe. <clears throat> One of the things that's been so fascinating to me, and this was really highlighted in 2020 on all sides of the political spectrum. Let's be fair. All sides. All sides. 2020 was nuts. 2021 is proving to be almost equally nuts, but no, not even close. 2020 was a year like no other. But one of the things that's so fascinating to me is how radicals on all side, you know, like the ones that make the news with their crazy ideas and their crazy actions, you know, like rioting stores or storming the Capitol, those kinds of things. Those people all have deep seated beliefs about the nature of reality. That's the reason they're able to be so loud and able to seem like the majority while a lot of us sit here and be like, whoa, but that is the power of belief. But that also says another thing about belief, that it can be deeply entrenched and it can be removed from reality and from what is good. Those people who stormed the Capitol were a little bit removed from reality and removed from what was good to think that that was an okay thing to do. <clears throat> but that's a topic for another time. We'll talk about a little bit more about that. Maybe another time. Maybe we won't go back there. Maybe I just made everybody angry. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, I once gave a talk to a group of young men at our church. Um, it was men's night. I got to do the sermon. It was so fun. And I talked about um, in order to be a good man, you need to know what you believe. And I came, I had an illustration to show what I was trying to get across, the message I was trying to get across. And I, I brought out a Home Depot bucket of bricks. You know those orange buckets? I filled it with bricks and I brought out a square piece of plywood. And I was talking about how belief is the foundation of your life. And so I said, some of us have like one single belief. And I put a brick on the stage and I took that piece of wood 
and I put it on the brick and then I stood on top of it and it was wobbly. I couldn't stand straight. I just kept leaning back and forth and eventually I fell off. And that was, that was kind of my point. When you don't know what you believe, your life is wobbly. And when things come up, you get your, you don't know, have a solid ground to stand on. And so what I did, I took that board back off and I started illustrating or telling the guys what I believe about certain things, what I believe about money, what I believe about God, what I believe about family, what I believe about marriage, what I believe about what the good life is, what I believe about manhood. And with each one, I put a new brick down, new brick, new brick until I had a nice brick foundation. I put that piece of wood back on there and I stood on it and I could jump on it and it wouldn't move. It was solid. That's what the power of belief. It's the foundation that your life is built on. Therefore, you as men, you need to know what you believe if you're going to be strong, courageous, steadfast, noble, if you're going to be a man of valor, if you're going to be gentle, if you're going to be loving, if you're going to be bold, if you're going to preside over your family and you're going to raise your kids well, you need to know what you believe. And there's certain issues that you really need to know about what you believe on, and we're going to talk about those in a second. But you really need to know what you believe. And you're like, Keaton, all right, I get it. You're repeating yourself over and over and over again. I'm like, and yes, I I also do that. (laughs) I do repeat myself because I believe repetition is the best way to get something stuck. And I'm kind of hoping this sticks with you. All right, so let's talk about some areas that every man needs, that I think every man needs to know what he believes. And then I'm going to tell you what I believe about each one of those. So I have primary beliefs, and then I have what I would consider secondary beliefs. Primary beliefs are what I build my life upon. Secondary beliefs are things that I believe are really, really important and need to be talked about and addressed in order for the good of individuals and of society at large. But so primary beliefs, um, these these are the ones I believe. All right, you need to know what you believe about God. You need to know what you believe about family. You need to know what you believe about people, what you believe about manhood, what you believe about work, what you believe about money, what you believe about marriage, what you believe about fatherhood, and what you believe about conflict. Those are primary beliefs that I think every man needs to know what you believe about those. All right, so first, what I, this is what I believe. I'm not saying that you have to believe this. You can draw from this if you want. I've spent a lot of time in study and research and trying these things out to kind of determine, does this correspond with what is good and what is real? All right, what I believe about God. First thing I believe about God is that God is good, that he is real, that he is just, that he is righteous, and that he is knowable, and that he is intimately involved in every aspect of my life and every other person's life. And I also believe that true strength, true courage, true steadfastness comes from him. That's what I believe about God. I believe that he's good, that he's real, that he's just, that he's righteous, that he's knowable. That's a big one. I do believe God is knowable. I am far from a deist. And I said in that, introductory podcast. If you want to be a good man, you need God. Uh, you do, you do, you need God. And we'll talk about God more in depth later. You can disagree with me if you want, but maybe I'll uh, convince you otherwise. All right. Second one, family. I believe that the nuclear family, as God designed it, of course, 
is the best way to impact the world and to experience life in what is called the kingdom of God. If you're a Christian, you're familiar with that language. If you're not, kingdom of God is a Bible term that means where God's ways are applied. I believe that the nuclear family is one of God's most precious gifts to humanity. By nuclear family, I mean a man married to a woman who raises their kids. That's what I mean. I believe that is one of the greatest gifts that God has given the world. I think it's also the best way to impact the world. You have multiple kids. You raise those kids with good morals to be good people, to be strong and courageous, to stand on what is true and right and good. They go out and they expand that in, in how they raise their kids, and it's passed down from generation to generation to generation. If it is not passed down to generation to generation to generation, or if kids are not raised well, if they're raised without boundaries or rules or guidelines, without a sense of uh, morality, they are going to go into the world and cause destruction wherever they go. That's, that's going to happen. Destruction of all kinds. And we can look at some statistics to show that that's true. That's not just a Christian idea. That's just something that is real. And we can look at some statistics sometime. Uh, People. I think it's important to know what you believe about people. Uh, You interact with people every single day. People are what make the world function. People are what make the world worth living in. If it was just you and nobody else, that would be a very lonely existence. So here's what I believe about people. I believe that people are inherently good. I take that from Genesis 1. But I also believe that people are also fallen and sinful. Friend, I take that from Genesis 3. This allows me to hold two things in contention, that people have the image of God born inside of them, whether or not they are a believer or not, but they are all worth dignity and honor and respect and worth being treated as if they are of infinite value. But it also allows me to understand that people do things that are wrong and evil and not good because of the fallen nature and the sinfulness of mankind. I believe that everybody is in search of some form of salvation. This is why you go to bed at night and wonder if there's more to life than what you're currently living. Um, salvation doesn't necessarily, doesn't mean just going to heaven when you die. That's a pretty limited idea of what sa- uh, salvation is. But salvation is beyond that. It's a sense of well-being in the world. I believe everybody is is searching for that. They're searching for love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self, self-control, and things like these. Um, manhood. This is what I believe about manhood. I, and I actually took this from a guy named Ryan Mickler. He runs a podcast called The Order of Man. Highly recommend it. Ryan Mickler, if you ever listen to this, I'm giving you a shout out. I love your work. I read your book. It was really good. I appreciate your podcast. Thanks for all that you're doing to advance um, good men. And so this, I took this from, from Ryan Mickler. Men protect, provide, and preside. Manhood is about responsibility. That's mine. Manhood is vital to the flourishing of society. That, and that's, that's mine. The fir- that first three, those are from Ryan Mickler. Protect, provide, preside. So I believe that men's job is to protect women and children and each other. I believe that. I do not believe that the burden of responsibility for protecting the well-being of children falls upon women. I believe that falls upon men. I believe it's men's job to lay down their life for the good of women and children. I really believe that. I believe it's 
men's job to provide. I do not, I'm not against a dual income family. Me and my wife, we have a dual income. We, she makes more money than I do. Um, she's a boss like that, but I do believe that men have an obligation to provide and to contribute to their family. Lazy men are dangerous. Lazy men are dangerous. They have a responsibility to provide material things, but also emotional stability in the home, stability of all forms in the home. They have an obligation to provide education for their children, whether that be from learning from them from them as as their father. And then I also believe that manhood men are meant to preside over their homes. That means to be present. That means to be there at at their at your children's events and at your anniversary and at dinner and at breakfast. That means to be present, not constantly over at work or pursuing other things or on the golf course or whatever you choose to give your time to. I believe that men are supposed to preside. I also believe that manhood is responsibility. I believe that it is a good thing for men to take responsibility and to not be irresponsible. I have this quote about responsibility that I love, and I don't actually have it written down here, so I'd probably butcher it, but it was, show me a man who has no responsibility, and I will show you a man who is not far off from destructive activities or something like that. It is good to have responsibility and it's not, it is, it is wrong to shirk responsibility in the hard work of the world. It's wrong to shirk the responsibility of being in your family and being involved. And actually, I think we do have a crisis of men and responsibility in our country. I'm reading this really fascinating book called Fatherless America. And this guy, he's a sociologist. He's not a, he's not a Christian or anything. He's coming from a sociologist perspective. And he basically traces that the more uh, statistically, the more that governments get involved in helping families, the more men shirk their responsibility. And the, it, he has like these direct correlating statistics. It's really, really fascinating. Maybe we'll just do a book review on that sometime. I also believe that manhood is vital to the flourishing of society. I do. I don't think you can shove men to the side and treat them as if they are dumb, stupid, ignorant, only care about sports, beer, and hot dogs like sitcom men. I just, I don't believe that. I believe that the, that the world needs good, strong men of conviction, men of boldness. All right, moving on. What I believe about work. I believe that work is your contribution to the world for its flourishing. I don't believe that work is just there so you can get a paycheck so you can go have some fun on the weekends. Nothing wrong with having fun on weekends. Nothing wrong with getting a paycheck. If you we didn't get paid for our work, we would be in trouble. But I believe that work is first our contribution to the flourishing of the world. Theodore Roosevelt said this. I told you you're going to get a lot of Theodore Roosevelt quotes. Far and away, the best prize life offers is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. That was Theodore Roosevelt. Far and away, the best prize life offers is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. All right, moving on. Uh, I think it's important to know what you believe about money. Money has the ability to corrupt or to build probably more than any other resource in the world. I believe that money is a spiritual resource. I believe that it's the easiest of all vices to become God, meaning that you can serve the pursuit of money and stuff and all that money can buy more than anything. Um, I think uh, no other object on earth can command such desire 
as money except for God himself? Maybe sex, but I think money might still win out. Money can rule over you or you can rule over your money. Money is best used by investing it or by giving it away. I believe that. I believe that money is best used by investing it or giving it away. And you could view generosity or giving away money as investing in someone else. The pursuit of money does lead to all sorts of evil. Um, Nothing wrong with building wealth. I think building wealth is actually a, a noble virtue. I think building wealth is important because it says in the Bible that a wise man hands down wealth to his to his children's children. But the pursuit of money to all ends tends to lead to all sorts of evil. And uh, I think that we need to be careful with money. All right, what you believe about marriage. I think you need to know what you believe about marriage. Marriage, I believe, is the most important relationship humans will ever have here on earth. I think it needs to be cultivated. I think it needs to be guarded, and I think it needs to be celebrated. All right, first, cultivated. Your marriage, We've. if you're married, you know this. As soon as you get married, it's super easy to go into, like, business partner mode or roommate mode where you guys kind of, like, touch in every once in a while. Maybe you share a Netflix show, or but the passion and the pursuit that you had when you were dating and engaged kind of fades to the background. I think that is wrong. I think we need to cultivate our marriage. I believe it needs to be guarded. Uh Affairs are evil. Call it what it is. Affairs are evil. They're also prevalent. Do you remember that story a few years ago about the like the whole dating network that was set up so people could have affairs? That's that's evil. That's wrong. I believe marriage needs to be guarded. Um, it needs to be treated as if it is sacred. Sacred things need to have boundaries and guards around them. And I believe it needs to be celebrated. I think we should celebrate marriage. Marriage is good. I know there's this like, especially my generation and the the generation behind me, putting off marriage to establish your career and get your finances in order is what is the the common thing now. And I'm part of that. Me and my wife, we got married late. We were both 29 when we got married. And which, if you remember, I said I had a baby. So that tells you how fast we got around to having kids. But... There seems to be this thing that marriage is now a hindrance, that marriage is there for short-time pleasure and partnership but can be easily discarded, and I just don't think that's true. I think marriage for the longevity of life should be celebrated. Every time I meet somebody who's been married 30, 40, 50 years, I like celebrate with them. I'm like, I'm amazed. I can't believe that that has happened. It's so awesome to me. So it needs to be cultivated, guarded, and celebrated. All right, and then what do I believe about fatherhood? I actually got to add this this year because it's new to me. Uh, I believe that fatherhood is the most important role a man can play outside of marriage. If you fail as a father or as a husband, all other successes are mute. So if you remember that Theodore Roosevelt quote that I opened in the bumper, it talks about justice among the nations of mankind and the uplifting of humanity will not be attained unless men who love peace love righteousness more than peace. But he then says, all of this is as dust if the man man cannot remain committed to his wife and to the joyous responsibility of raising kids. Not exactly word for word, but something like that. If you fail as a father, all other successes are mute. So you could be the CEO of some company. You could become president. You could become governor. You could become a House of Representative uh, member. You could become a senator. You could 
uh, start a nonprofit and do the good work of the world. But if you neglect your kids, all of that success is mute. Your children will live beyond you. And they will know that dad was not home because he was off doing other pursuits. And then that will translate into how they raise their kids. And that will translate into how they raise their kids. Failing at home sets up generations behind you to fail. Now, that can be overcome for sure. That can be restored. That can be redeemed. Absolutely. But I think it is vital that we understand right now that the most important role that we have in the world is first to our wives as husbands, if you're married, and then if you're a kid, this, the most important role you have as a man outside of marriage is being a father, is raising good moral kids, being present in their lives, letting them know that they're loved, valued, that they have what it takes to make their take their place in the world, that they can be good people. Next one, conflict. And this is kind of funny that I put this in there, but conflict is uh, happens in life, and conflict... I believe should not be avoided because if you avoid conflict, you're probably not being honest. It's normal to butt heads with people. I don't think conflict needs to be stirred on purpose. You don't need to go picking fights just to, for the sake of picking a fight. But I do think conflict when it arises needs to be resolved. I believe that forgiveness is better than bitterness and anger. Conflict can be resolved when you talk when you reconcile, and when you forgive. And forgiveness is better than bitterness. Unresolved conflict turns into bitterness, and bitterness seeps into the heart and soul of men, and it shapes the way they see the world and how they interact with everyone around them, especially their family. Resolve conflict as it comes up. Those are primary beliefs that I think every man needs to know about. God, family, people, manhood, work, money, marriage, fatherhood, and conflict. And then I have these secondary issues that I think everyone needs to know what they believe on. And this is not a complete list. This is just what I could come up with as I was typing this out. But these are secondary issues that are outside of you that I think we all need to understand what we believe about these different things and their implications. Uh, Trigger warning. I'm probably going to make some of you angry. And um, that's fine. You need to know what you believe about sexuality and gender. That is the most prevalent thing happening in our world today. The deconstruction of what has been normal and a fact for all of human history. Gender and sexuality. You need to know what you believe about humanity as a whole. So we have what on that primary what you believe about people as individuals, but you need to believe know what you believe about humanity as a whole. Are we one unified race or are we segments of groups separated by hatred and bitterness and power struggles or are we one unified well not unified but are we one race the human race here on this one planet floating through infinite space figuring out a way to work together to make this world flourish or are we groups of people who just have power struggles against each other i think you need to understand to know what you believe about that you need to know what you believe about politics and government Throughout human history, governments have gotten too big and tried to control the lives of people, and it has always led to some form of revolution. It happens over and over and over and over again. Uh, So like in my view, politics are very important. Policy is important, but I also believe that government needs to be limited in its scope. It does not carry the ability to answer all of the questions uh, that humans have. It cannot solve every problem that humans have. 
but it does have an important role to play. And so I believe that, and I think it's good to study the purpose of government, to limit their scope, uh, to encourage what is important. I believe it's important to put good moral people into office and to hold them accountable. There's this great quote by G.K. Chesterton that says, you need to keep politicians close. You need, they need to be close enough that you can kick them. Um, and I just think that's funny. So I think you, you need to know what you believe about politics and government. And I also think it's important to know what you believe about education. Education is another prevalent issue in our, in America, especially, uh, higher education is really, really expensive and seems to be failing, uh, the people who attend on many fronts, not everyone, but on many fronts, leaving them burdened with debt. Um, alternate, uh, alternatives to traditional education, I think are going to be important in the future. Education is important, but you need to know what you believe. What is the purpose of education? What's the scope of education? What's the scope of the public school system? What's the scope of what you can learn at university? I think you need to know those things. So those are secondary values. There are secondary beliefs that I think we all need to have uh, be thinking about and understand what we believe about them why, and why we believe those things. And the why is going to be important because we need to fi- like we need to have sources for what we believe. Like where do you find out what you believe? Where do you find out if what you believe is true and good and can stand the test of time? The sources that we choose to inform our beliefs, they won't, they'll determine like the types of beliefs that we have, but they're also going to affect the strength of those beliefs. So if you remember earlier in this podcast, I talked about the radicals on all side who made the news, you know, the crazy people, the ones who rioted uh, in the streets of Portland, and then those who stormed the Capitol, you know, they had deep seated beliefs. Where did they get those beliefs though? We know the people from the Capitol had it from that crazy QAnon thing. Um, And I don't know much about the other guys. I have an idea, but I don't want to get into that. But you need to know, you need to have good sources for your beliefs. If all that you believe comes from the 21st century, from the year 2000 and on, maybe even from like the 20th century, if all that you believe comes from the 20th or the 21st century, you're going to have a hard time in life. It's not like humanity just popped on up on the earth and it's not like, and the people before us are not, um, stupid information in our day and age changes at light speed. And there's nothing new in the 21st century that's been able to prove itself as to last the test of time. We've got new cool things from science, like medicine and technology, iPhones, computers, those kinds of, that's great. They, they aren't capable of telling you how to live though. And it's in my experience, the self-help section at Barnes and Noble and Amazon, the largest section in Barnes and Noble and on Amazon fails to tell anyone how to live. It's all based on new, new science. It's so large because people keep coming up with new ideas because the last one didn't work. It's way better to just choose sources that have stood the test of time. Things that have been handed down from generation to generation to generation. Of the things that matter most in life, nothing has changed for thousands of years. It just, it just haven't. It's easy to think that the generations before us were nothing but primitive beings who didn't know anything because we have iPhones. But that's not true. That, that couldn't be further from the truth. Look, let's give an example. Some things that are, have been true and have stood the test of time that have been handed down from generation to generation to generation. 
How about this? Forgiveness is better than bitterness and anger. Wisdom is better than riches. Telling the truth is better than lying or being silent. A good name or a good reputation is better than having positional power. Giving is better than receiving. Courage is better than fear. Generosity is better than self-seeking. Love is better than hate. Freedom is better than slavery. Service is better than being served. Those aren't new ideas. They've stood the test of time. They have been true forever. They will be true in a thousand years. If you live according to those things, if you add those to your beliefs, you're going to have a good time. Your life is going to go well. So, all right. So how do you find sources to help you understand what you believe? Because you're going you're to start this process of trying to figure out what you believe, uh, which can be a daunting task. We'll talk about it in a second. I'm, I'm going to offer you five sources that I think are good for helping you understand and come up with what you believe that's connected to what is good and what is real. Uh, number one source, you're not going to be surprised by this one, but the Bible. It's old, it's big, and it's daunting, but it's also full of wisdom on life full of wisdom on civility and goodness among other things. Goodness among people. Um, what I love about the Bible, this is where a lot of, you know, atheists get caught up. They're like, the Bible is kind of barbaric. Uh, yeah, there's parts of it that are barbaric because the Bible is the only book in the world, the only religious text in the world that doesn't try to pretend to be pretty. It fully embraces the scope of human nature from the good to the evil and dark. The writings have stood the test of time, and you can find everything about what it means to be good, what it means to be human, in the Bible. Proverbs is a great example. You don't have to even be a believer in God to read the Bible and understand that there is wisdom and goodness within that book. Proverbs is a great example. If you want just basic wisdom on how to live and be successful in life, um, read the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters. It's one for each day of the month. I've Already in this podcast, I've quoted Proverbs, I think, three or four times. In the podcast that me and my dad are recording, I make a joke. I'm like, yeah, we the Tuckers, we love the book of Proverbs. And we, we quote it all the time. Uh, a good name is better than positional power. That's from the book of Proverbs. Um, okay, so the Bible, the teachings of Jesus have not been matched on a moral scale ever. All of the great philosophers in history compare themselves to Jesus and his teachings. Um, everything that you and I take for granted in Western civilization on, on a moral sense comes from the teachings of Jesus, like that it's better to forgive. It's better to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, what you say comes out of the center of who you are. All of those come from the teachings of Jesus. So there is good stuff in there that you will find on how to orient your life and figure out what you believe. Number two, old books. Read the greats that, greats that have shaped Western civilization. Now, you you might be like, all right, what about like the Eastern part of the world or the Middle East or the Asian part of the world? Like, okay, I mean, you can read those, but we live in America and we are shaped by Western civilization and Western civilization has proven to be the, I think, the greatest civilization for human flourishing. And, you know, we could argue about that because, you know, the tendency anymore is to highlight the dark parts that everybody has in their life. Everybody has dark parts of their life. Um, but we're not trying to highlight those. We're trying to highlight what is good and we forgive what is evil. You hear me? We ref we forgive what is evil and bad. We acknowledge that it was real and it happened, but we also forgive. That is vital. 
There's no need to be bitter over things that you can't change because they're so far in the past. Learn from them for sure. Um, old books. Read the old books that have shaped Western civilization. Read history. Um, biographies of great men. This is one of my favorite. I love presidential biographies. My bookshelf is filled with presidential biographies. Most of them are Theodore Roosevelt biographies. I have, I think, five Theodore Roosevelt biographies. I love learning from Theodore Roosevelt and about Theodore Roosevelt. But biographies of the great men of history are going to offer a good perspective because these men became men of prominence. um, And you can learn from them. You can learn a lot from them, and they can help shape your belief. And you'll find that a few that all of the great men in Western history have a few things in common. And one of them is they all believed in God. <clears throat> all right, uh, moving on. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, history, another source for helping you uh, understand what you believe. History of philosophy and history of events. Events are what happened and how people responded. History of philosophy are the ideas that undergird those events and how people responded, and it's important to know both. The events that have happened in history are not disconnected from the ideas that undergirded them. Uh, For example, the American Revolution was heavily influenced by the writings of John Locke. That was a philosophical idea that shaped the history of the United States. They go together. You can't be separate. They can't be separated. And it's good to understand and read those things. And then this is my last one. This is the only one that's not a book. Men older than you. And I mean like older. 60 years or more. 60 years in age or more. Not 60 years older than you because then they'd, they'd be dead. But men older than you. Men older than you have a lot of wisdom to offer. I promise. I promise that men older than you have wisdom to offer you for the things that matter most to you. How to live, how to be a good husband, how to be a good father, and how to be excellent in the world. They know how to help you put your energies towards what matters most. They have a lot to offer, and it's good to spend time with men older than you, asking them questions. Take them out to breakfast. Let them pour into you. Let them offer you wisdom, and then go and apply that to your life. Okay. So knowing what you believe... Figuring that out, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of self-reflection. It's actually a very strenuous task, but it's vital to becoming the man that you want to be. It's vital. When I was figuring out what I wanted to believe, it was stirred on by that question my dad had asked me, what kind of man do you want to be? And then he asked me another question, like, what do you believe? And I couldn't answer. I was like, I didn't know. It took me a long time of study, reflection, more study, asking older and wiser men, studying again, writing it down, putting it into action to see if it corresponded to what was good and real and led to like my flourishing and the flourishing of those around me to see if it corresponded with reality. It took a long time and it was strenuous. That's okay. Theodore Roosevelt, again, here we go. Doctrine of the Strenuous Life, one of his best speeches. I want to preach to you the doctrine of the strenuous life, not the one of ignoble ease. Great speech. Highly recommend reading it. It's You've probably seen the quote somewhere on like the artofmanliness.com or just somewhere. Let it be strenuous. It's vital. It's also vital that as you, during this discovery process, that you put those beliefs into action. You have to test them. 
having beliefs in your mind that don't ever go into action are not beliefs. That's when there might actually be opinions. They allow you to argue, but they don't allow they don't have you change the landscape of your life or in your family. You need to put them into action to test them. You need to see if they correspond to what is good. For example, we talked about resolving conflict earlier, and we talked about forgiveness is better than bitterness and anger. Try resolving a conflict. Next time you have a conflict, and let it, instead of letting it seep in your soul where you get angrier and angrier and you have the argument in your head and you just kind of distance yourself from that person, why don't you try going telling them their fault if they are wrong or admitting your fault if you are wrong, forgiving or seeking forgiveness, resolving that conflict, and why don't you find out which is better? And I promise you that it's forgiveness. But take your time. Like when you're figuring out what you believe, put it into action, study, reflect, study, reflect, put it into action, but take your time. Do like one question at a time or one area at a time. Like what do you believe about God? Do that one at a time. What do you believe about money? Do that one at a time. The more time, the more effort you put into figuring out what you believe, the more solidified it will be. And therefore you'll be able to stand your ground when the storms of life hit and they're going to hit. If you know what you believe, you're going to have a strong foundation. You're going to have courage. You're going to have a backbone. You don't have to be silent in a time like this when things are going wild and crazy and somehow we have all forgotten what is good and noble and true. You don't have to be silent during those times. You can stand up for what is right. You can say no. But in order to do that, you're going to know what you believe, you have to know what you believe, and it has to become the foundation that your life is built upon. You can do this, all right? It's important. It's good. We're going to talk about other things on this podcast, but for now, thanks for listening to this episode. We're going to talk about this one over and over again, and we'll do a deeper dive into different aspects of what you believe and about life. But for now, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, leave a five-star review and share it with a friend. Or maybe share it with five friends or ten friends. Helps me out. Helps get the word out. Um, I appreciate you guys. I believe in you guys. Uh, If you need anything, send me a message. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.